welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's James Madison head coach Sean O'Regan. Sean has his Dukes in the Final Four of the WNIT. They'll be taking on Northwestern uh, here on Wednesday as we record this. It is Monday, April 1st. Sean has been at the helm of James Madison for three seasons as the head coach, following nine seasons as an assistant, helped build that program into one of the best mid-majors in the country, has continued to sustain that as the head coach. I want to talk to him about that transition, about being at a school for that long, and about beating his former boss, Kenny Brooks at Virginia Tech. Uh, James Madison took them down in the Sweet 16 of the WNIT. So we'll talk to him about all that and more and get, uh, get his thoughts on this game coming up. We'll get him on the phone and be right back. This is the Jump Around. Welcome back to the Jump Around. Joining me, as promised, it is James Madison, head coach, Sean O'Regan. Coach, congrats on the Final Four in the WNIT, and thanks so much for taking some time out of the schedule for us. Of course, I appreciate it. Before we get into this year and, and this run that you guys are making, it's a great run, you have a, a unique path, but it hasn't been too tremendously different as far as where you've been you're a graduate of James Madison Uh, you go away and spend three years on the men's side at Evansville you come back as an assistant and now you're the head coach and you're just hanging out in uh, at JMU and Harrisburg what's what has it been about that school and that place that keeps drawing you back in and keeping you there well uh no, it, it certainly is. It's a, it's a it's an extremely special place, and I I always say it's the people. And my my first real experience down here, I was I drove down over Thanksgiving break to visit James Madison uh, with my dad. Um, my aunt and uncle lived in Roanoke, so it was uh, you know, I grew up in Vermont, and it was a uh, at least you had a stopping point if you needed it down here. And, and I wanted to get away from some of that snow, so uh, it was Thanksgiving break, and you know we're walking around campus, and everybody we ran into said hello. And I thought it was like a pretty unique thing, um, just the friendliness. And so obviously once, once I, I came here undergrad, uh, it's like, you know, became addicted to this place. So uh, I, knew I, I knew I had a better shot career-wise if I got away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so hence the Evansville move, um, which taught me a, a ton. And it was a great experience. But, um, you know, when Kenny Bush called me at the possibility to come back here um, and coach on the women's side, I really jumped at it for him. Um, not necessarily the women's side, to be to be very honest with you at first, but uh, I fell in love very quickly with with with, <laughs> with the women's game and, and relationship part of it. Um, but yeah, Jam, JMU is um, is special, and it, it, I mean I think it goes to show how many games we're hosting here. It, you know how their commitment to women's basketball it's it's uh, the fourth most winningest program in the history of women's basketball too. So uh, I got some deep roots in uh, in women's basketball. Um, we'll get into that, but yeah, you guys have been able to host all your way through, uh, the WNIT. Uh, I want to talk about though, when, when Kenny Brooks does leave, takes the Virginia tech job, uh, you obviously have a chance to go, but you, you're able to, to interview and secure the head coaching job. People talk about all the time, the differences between being an assistant at the head coach. Um, but for you specifically, 
was there anything that caught you off guard or maybe uh, was more difficult than you realized going in that you knew, hey, this is going to be different when I'm the head coach, but then when you're actually in it, you're going, oh, this is really different. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the biggest the biggest change for me was that, that really my time is no longer my own. And, uh, you know, as an assistant, it's, it's pretty clear cut. You know, you have – you have four players that come to you for everything, you know, your guards or whatever. Uh, you've got your scout, you've got your recruiting, so you've got your, let's say, 25 names in this class and maybe 12 in the next. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's very cut and dry. And coming with a to-do list, you can get your to-do list done. It's just it's yeah. your time. And um, other than maybe a meeting from the head coach here and there, you know, it's, it's yours and you're, you're kind of in charge well, you know, when you move the chair over, <laughs> especially the first year, you just everybody needs a decision from. And you know, coming in where where I knew the program and how it worked, and nobody else, nobody. I mean, not a director of ops, not a trainer, nobody stayed. Most of them went with with, with Kenny at Virginia Tech, but uh, Sarah Williams decided she wanted to go get um, her doctorate, which was great, and so. I mean, everybody, trainer, strength coach. I mean, it was a fresh start. So, uh, you know, the, the, even the players knew the system better than, better than the staff, right? So, yeah. so it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying, it's like information overload where I'm trying to get all this information out and keep the players aren't ready to stand still and kind of wait, and they know what they're supposed to be doing. So um, the information, it was just, you know, that, that was probably the biggest adjustment. It was like, I know what I want to do, but I have to go inform the staff, too. And so, you know, the first couple of years, you know, even your, your director of ops, right? Hey, where do you want to stay? Where do you want, where do you want your routine to be on the road? What time do you, like, shoot around? Mm-hmm. All, all that stuff that seems so, like, easy and insignificant. It just, um, it just takes time. And so, you know, as an assistant, you didn't have to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. yeah. own little bubble. But, <laughs> but uh you know that that, that part, and then uh, it's a, a runner-up to that is really just how um, responsible you feel for the the players um, all the time. You know, um, you know Saturday nights you're a little bit more nervous, sure. right? Um, sure. road, road trips. Um, you know, we're going to Europe this year, and that's going to terrify me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but that kind of sense of responsibility definitely increased too. But um, you know, I, I'm falling in love with it. It's going to be hard to uh, it's going to be hard to go in the back of the system. I tell you that. Yeah. Um, I know you. I mean, you probably won't say if this is true, but I'm I'm sure it probably gets a little annoying that you know, you and Kenny Brooks are so you know it, it's almost synonymous. You say one, you got to mention the other one. Uh, <laughs> but your stories are intertwined so much that it, it really is hard to kind of splice through without mentioning them. Um, with what he did and, and built at, at JMU, when you do take over, is there a sense of pressure of man, I got to keep this thing going? Yeah, uh, no doubt, and that's um, that's a pressure I'm not I'm not certainly not afraid of. You put your arms around it and welcome it because you know I I, I really joke with my staff quite a bit. Like how how many other first year head coaches are picked first in their league <laughs> yeah. three straight years? Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know and. and <laughs> So, so for me, it's, it's the standard that I, I watched him. You know, he was in the midst of building it when I jumped on. So he had just gone through basically being an at-large bid the, the year before I got here. He didn't win the tournament, but he was an at-large bid in CAA, which is, 
almost as admirable as, as winning the CAA tournament, yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, you know, I, 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 I witnessed the standard, and I witnessed that, you know, if you're playing a high major at home, you're you're going to win, and that's the mentality. And um, try to get as many high majors as you can to come play here, that, that kind of thing. But you know, pressure to me is, is I, keeps you keeps you rolling, and I like that. You know, yeah. I mean, that's always how I've worked. Is, is uh, you know, I like that, and I think you know, I, I try to translate that to the players. Something it's like, yeah, of course, there's pressure that comes with this thing. And that's totally fine. But yeah, I really. Um, it, it's a it's something I took very seriously in the first couple of months. It got a little overwhelming at times because even like recruiting is that kid good enough? Would, would Kenny have taken that kid? Mm-hmm. You know that type of mentality. But I really had to shake that and just you know just be yourself and and, and come out and, and try your best. And that's that's all you can really do. But there is, there is there's an underlying pressure that you, you can't have a 17 14 year at JMU. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be like, what's wrong? Because right. we've done it, you know, again, we've done it every year. I've been here. We've won 23 games or more and gone to the postseason. It's, it's a crazy, um, a crazy standard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it absolutely but, it is. Yeah. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have it. Well, and to be fair, you, you've maintained it fine. Uh, 26-9 your first year, 15-3 and three in conference, 23-11 uh, the next year, 16-2. and two. You went to the third round of the WNIT each year. And then this year, you're sitting at 29 and five, 17 and one in conference. Uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, it's nuts. Um, forgive me. Uh, we it, it, this part stinks, but we have to talk about it. Uh, you, you, you lose you lose the Hofstra uh, in the tournament, and um, I guess the simplest way I can ask is just kind of uh, take us through. Um, as that game's unfolding, um, and then as it ends, and and what's take us into that locker room. Sure. Well, and, and it's uh, it was just so unique. So so I'm gonna go back a, a, a game or two, but we beat Drexel at home to clinch the outright one seed in the regular season title. It's great, and we have one more regular season game to go. We play Delaware at home, and the game doesn't matter. And um, our best player, 16 and a half points a game, goes up for a rebound and taps the ball and breaks the bone in her hand. And so, okay, all right, let's. You know, we'll deal with that later. But, you know, comes out mid-second quarter in tears, and it's like, okay, we got to, <laughs> let's reshuffle this. But we win the game. Yeah. But going into the conference tournament, uh, we had to reshuffle. And I thought, okay, they, they're telling me she, it was just one bone in her hand. It wasn't like three or four. So, um, all right, she can play two minutes in the first-round game, and then the semis and the, and the finals she might be able to, to give you more. So, okay, here's how we're going to shift. You know, we'll rearrange the furniture a little bit. And so I've got my second-best player, Lexi Barrier. Hey, uh, you're going to do this. You're going to be our, you know, backup one because I did fail to mention our freshman point guard uh, hurt her knee at the end of that game, too. No problem. Two backup point guards out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we reshuffle. We get Lexi all set. And we start the game 47 seconds into the Hofstra game. Lexi reaches in for a ball and breaks her hand in, in three places. Unbelievable. And I just, I turned to my wife in the stands and just smiled like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do right now. It's, it, it's one of those things, like, there's there's a reason for this, and it's not to win the CAA tournament. So, yeah. um, we, we play our hearts out in that game, and we just don't, we, you're, you've got, I don't know what that is, a 29 points a game and probably... 15 rebounds a game sitting on the bench. And and all your, what do you want to call it, swag, mojo, mojo, yeah, like yeah. all that, they're, they're your two best players. So 
Um, we struggled, um, and you know we're up ten at the half, which was crazy. And then Hofstra the other pressed us and set it up, and we just couldn't, we just couldn't score with them, and we lose fifty-seven fifty. And you know, uh, I heard the worst really for my my senior point guard because she played, I think, thirty-nine minutes, and her, you know, her heart was all the way out there, and I just, just <laughs> nothing you can do at that point, and it was. Um, you know, it just—it was one of those things that it was just the perfect storm of bad luck. And even if we had found a way to win that game, you know, you're not going to win another 80 minutes. Right. Um, right. So, so I knew I just knew even if we got past that game, that'd be fine. But you've got a pretty strong Towson team <laughs> coming yeah. in the semis um, that I just don't know if we had the firepower to get through with such a short period of time with no prep. Um, so anyway, but it, it was crushing. And um, the the part that kind of bothers me the most, Blake, is that you've prepared your – like, I haven't won a CAA tournament yet, right? So I've prepared this team all year. We've talked about toughness all year. And I've put them in different situations every day to increase their level of toughness just for that perfect storm. And, and Gino talks about the perfect storm of, of bad stuff that happens. And that perfect storm, and you're going to be ready in the semis when Towson comes up with a good defensive scheme or in the finals against Denise and, and, and Drexel, whatever. And I don't know, you, you know, you just never, we don't know if we were prepared enough because of the injuries. And so, um, you know, it, it's a it's really bad luck, but it's not unique to college basketball. And we yeah. played South Florida in this run, and they're, they had they had more injuries than that. Yeah. So, um <laughs> You know, it's not unique, but it was, it was crushing. And we, uh, what I really liked is that we responded like we have all year after a loss, and, and uh, you know, came out and made the most of what was left, which is what the WNIT is for. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's even more impressive because many teams in your situation where it was like, hey, we're we're going to the tournament, like right? we're gonna win the CAA, right. we're gonna go right. to the tournament, and then ooh, deflating loss. Um, you play an NCAA and T yeah. team who's really good. Uh, you beat them. Yeah. You, you beat UCF, like, and you make them this run. Uh, was there ever any concern that your team was going to go in the tank a little bit? <laughs> no, I thought, uh, honestly, going into North Carolina a and I, I, I didn't know because we still didn't have Smalls, our best player. And so it was like, I don't know if we can score. You know, I don't yeah. know where our team's at mentally. And we came out, it, it wasn't pretty, you know, 48, 37 or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it was cool. bad. But, I mean, <laughs> that's the definition of a grind, you know. Um, but but then as soon as we were able to get Kamaya cleared after that, and so now she comes back again with with a little swagger, confidence, and we got going. And so now now things have changed, and now people have. There's been time we've practiced, we've settled into different mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. Um, you know we've got uh, Jackie Benitez who was a six man in the NCAA. She she she's able to find herself a little bit, um, and maybe without looking over her shoulder because uh, Lexi Thurs still out. So it's um. What it's done, it's, it's provided a huge opportunity for us, and it's uh, it's kind of fresh air. Yeah. There's no, you play a whole CAA season, right? And you're you're really you're, you're playing sometimes not to lose, you know, with some of those those road conference games in February where you know you're better than them, and you know stuff like that. But now it's just let's just go play, let's get, let it go, and I think we're in, we're enjoying it. I mean, the Virginia Tech game was was memorable for me, and a, and a lot of them, especially. You know, you can't get a CAA title, but for our seniors, they they played one year under him, and um, you know they get to they get to beat him at home. I mean that that's that's a satisfying thing for them. So uh, it was a uh, yeah. I, I didn't know where we would 
<laughs> I didn't know how far we would go or where we would go. Yeah. But it's been fun to, to, to watch them kind of enjoy this. Too. How good did it feel to beat your old boss? Come on. <laughs> Come on, Sean. Come on, Sean. It had to feel a little bit good. It had to feel a little you bit better. Uh, <laughs> it, you know what? I'll be very honest. It, it felt really, really good. Um, until really uh, the handshake hug with him, mm. and I, because yeah, I mean it felt great, and it, it was a uh, great crowd, the whole, I mean everything. We played tough. I mean our seniors played tough. We were fearless, all that stuff, and the whole game. I'm not looking down there at him. You know, mm. I'm focused on our team and, and what we're doing. But as soon as we went to, I just I just know how much he's put into this program, yeah. and that's a uh, there's nobody that can take that away from him, yeah. and. To take this team from his his second year, his first full year, he's thirteen and eight, and to get this to, to get that team to having WNBA draft picks and six players of the year, and you know, I mean, that's and you walking back into the building. Oh, by the way, he played <laughs> for James Madison too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an emotional. Um, I mean, it's got to take a toll on him. So I, you know, the sensitive side of me felt for him as that all unfolded. Um, so, so I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yes. But, yes. uh, I, I also was really sensitive to what he was going through because it's, that would be really hard for me if the roles were Yeah. But the roles weren't switched cause you won. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Oh, the, uh, oh. No, I, <laughs> I won't get you in trouble. It was, it was, it was great. Uh, well, now you, you play uh, Northwestern on Wednesday, the third, um, Good tough team. They've got some size. They have some. Uh, they have some advantages just physically that maybe you guys yeah. don't have. Um, how how do you approach? And you've mentioned it. You're not. You guys have played. You know, power five schools before. This isn't new. Uh, how do you guys go into it uh, and and try to tinker and try to figure out a way to, to beat them when you do have some pretty glaring uh, deficiencies just in terms of on paper looking at it. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I've I've watched them now for. I can't, I don't know, I guess 24 hours, just about, um, you know, maybe maybe less, 22 hours. But um, they're good. They're, they're huge size-wise. Uh, they play a, a pretty tough zone um, that I think can, can freeze some offensive players. Uh, but, you know, at this time of year, like, for me, it's uh, we're pretty good at what we do. Yep. And yep. this is, uh, we'll give you the information and we'll give you, you know, respect. I always say respect and understand your opponent. But, you know, we're going to um, – yeah, I think we're one of the better defensive teams in the country. Go defend and let that mm. let that get you a couple transition buckets, right? So you don't, you don't have to go against the zone for, for 40 minutes, right? And we can play our kind of tempo. When we're playing up-tempo, and that doesn't mean we just do jack shots in the first five seconds, but our defense creates some opportunities offensively. It gets them out of that. If, if we're if we're going half court, half court, and we got to go get the dunk full time, you know, you're looking at another one of those 55 50 games. Yeah. Um, but you know, for me, it's a we're a pretty good rebounding team too. So, you know, I think their size could bother us, but you know, there's a there's a there's a power there's a power in this place um, yeah. where it kind of wills teams to win. I've just seen it so many times that um, we might be an inch or two shorter or I don't know, 20 pounds lighter sometimes in the post, but um, the way the way we played against Virginia Tech, if we come with any sort of that intensity, um, you, I think you can throw away a little bit of the X's and O's mm-hmm. um, and the stuff on the paper, and you're going to come and you're playing. Mm-hmm. And as simple as that sounds, 
you know, I think I'm a big intangibles guy. I think the intangibles are are much more important than the play I'm drawing up. But, you know, um, we'll stretch them out a little bit and see. But um, you're certainly going to have to shoot the ball well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To beat them, I don't think you're, you're, you're getting a whole lot of points on the inside. So, um, you know, we did. I, I believe last game we were seven for fourteen from three. If we can, we can have a kind of a repeat performance of that. I, I would take that. Yeah. So, well, one little step at a time. But we better bring the intangibles, which is the toughest part. And, and again, if you can lead this thing defense and rebounding, then we can get out and run and, and play the offense we will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I look forward to watching that one. Um, just a just a. A few more here at the end. I, I'm curious now that you are in year three, you've made your deepest run uh, in the postseason. In what ways, if you look back, would you say that you personally have grown the most as a head coach over your three years? That's a good question. Um, I think I think um, when you first become a head coach, no matter who you are or what your background is, I think it comes with a little bit of, uh, I think there's a little bit of insecurity, and you have to show you know you're the authority, or you gotta you know, and that to me, as soon as I got rid of that, and I just was myself, and, and myself is the way I operate. I'm a very uh, like both my parents are teachers, and you know, um, you know, I think my first year I used a little bit more of the authoritative. Uh, maybe I got to yell at them more or get them serious. And sometimes it doesn't work. So I think really identifying what your team responds to and then not worrying about, you know, somebody judging your style, player or assistant coach, uh, manager, anybody. And knowing that what you're doing is right because you've done the work, you've spent the time developing the relationships. Um, but, you know, like finding okay to listen to my senior point guard, you know, who says like, um, hey, we should we should do this. You know, I think some head coaches out there can get insecure. Like, no, 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 you're not in charge. Why, why am I not listening to you? <laughs> um, and so, for <laughs> you might have more knowledge than right, me on that right. subject. So, um, for me, that's what it what it is. I think the more you can do that, and, and again, I've gotten better at this throughout you know my three years. Is that you know let them invest in it too. Let the players invest in it. Let an assistant coach a little bit off the leash, right? And let them feel responsible for a drill or a, um, you know, I don't know, a, a defensive session. It's my first year. I was trying to hold the joystick for everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. to, you know, to show I was ready. This is my time. And this is, well, yeah, let them go. Let them go. And I think um, I think we've had a, a pretty successful year because I think most of the players feel like they have a voice, you know, and I'm listening to them now. Not, not forever, <laughs> but, sure. but I'm listening to them. And if it's a good idea and you you thought it through, let's let's go. Let's let's all get together. But I think there's a little bit of that, um, you know, that I just was in me a little bit to prove to everybody I was ready for this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's that's one thing that that I've really improved on. Um, you know, I was I was uh, responsible for the guards. For my first, you know, the, the, I don't play the last seven years. I was an assistant coach. That was really hard for me to, to let go of, you know. Right. <laughs> and like, right. Let that assistant coach do that. Let them develop the relationships, and and you don't always have to, right? So like, let them go. And and that was, you know, I think that that is, I've, I've done a lot better job with that, um, with letting that, some of that stuff out of my hands. But but it comes with that communication piece that I spoke about earlier. Is that 
Now the assistants know. Now they know what I want. Now they know what I'm thinking a little bit more as opposed to year one, knowing them. And so I think that it just comes with trust. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that's a big factor. But uh, <laughs> it's certainly that, that head coaching crown. It yeah. comes with some weight, that's yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. Uh, for I mean, you guys are pretty uh, well well known and and well covered. Uh, but for people who don't know you and your program, what would be the message? What would you want them to know about uh, James Madison that makes you guys special? That makes you unique? That um, you know people should be paying attention to you. Well, I just think the, the the most special part about this place is the, is the culture, and um, you know. I think part of that is built over time, but it's built on trust and it's built on um, just being a good person, right? And I think if there's anybody that falls outside of our culture, you know, some people come in and they don't have the same they, they don't have the same trust that we all do. And I think our players really live that every day and treat everybody like the family. And that culture it keeps people safe and comfortable. And then I think you're you're better that way because you're not you're not worried about somebody stabbing you in the back or anything like that. So I think it's all uh, player build. I mean, certainly I've, I've got my hand in it, but I think they live it. If they if I preached it and they didn't do it, then I'm just you know pulling hot air. Here. Yeah. But um, the culture here is really special, and that's what makes this place great. Is that oh, we're competitive as you can be, but we're always there for each other uh, in that sense, and, and it's um it's special. I mean, it's uh. We work really hard, and I think we develop talent really, really well. Um, but we couldn't develop talent if, if players didn't trust us or each other. And so, um, you know, trusting that Kamaya didn't make that pass when she has to make that pass, even though, you know, sure, she's chasing a player of the year award. You know, she wants to be the best, but she's never, she never forced it, right? And it's, um, I think that kind of mentality and culture is, is just what makes this place I think it makes this place special. Is yeah. that everybody around here seems seems just like family. Yeah. Well, it was for so long it was uh, someone else's program, but you've put your your fingerprints on it, and safe to say you've made it your own. And it's been uh, it's been fun to watch. You guys are really good. And again, twenty nine and five this year, seventeen and one in conference, and have a chance to make it all the way to the WNIT finals. We'll see what they can do on Wednesday. But Sean, I really appreciate your time, and thanks so much for sharing some of it with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks to Sean O'Regan, head coach at James Madison. Uh, really is one of the best uh, mid-majors in the country. Uh, they are uh, borderline not mid-major. Uh, they're a good team, so it'll be fun to watch them take on a really good Northwestern team as well. Thanks so much to listening to The Jump Around. Whether you listen on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, or wherever else, it is appreciated. If you listen on iTunes, if you could leave a rating or review, that would be appreciated as well. You can find me on Twitter always, at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.